You're listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, please visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now, let's listen in. Guys, seems like it's been forever since I've been up here on Sunday evenings. We've just had so many things going on. Last week, we got a chance to spend some uh, some time with our kiddos, um, uh, Jeremy and Ashley and grandbabies, and uh, welcome them. They're back there. Y'all can wave at them. Um, if you, if you, you notice the little one? See how much he looks like me? Isn't he cute? <laughs> I think he does. <laughs> uh, anyway, welcome them. You guys get a chance afterwards to say hi to them. They they get the reward for being the farthest away and, and coming tonight. They came from Australia uh, just to be here with us tonight. That might be a slight stretch, but uh, anyway, welcome them here. Um, next Sunday, we're going to begin a series. It'll be at least a six-week series on going deeper with God and with man. Uh, one of the things we felt like the Lord's been telling us during this season that we're in as a church is to spend this time just pushing into Him, pressing in to Him. And so the plan is is to spend six weeks just really spending some time looking at what does that mean to go deeper with God? What does it mean to go deeper with each other, to build relationship? How does that, what does that look like? How do we do that? So we're going to just spend uh, some time doing that so you guys can come and I invite some friends, invite some folks to come uh, and be part of that with us. So tonight I want to do this. I want to actually start off asking you guys some questions. Now, sometimes when I ask questions, I actually want a response. Uh, tonight's not one of them. I'm asking you some questions, and I just want you to think about them. Okay, just kind of mull it over in your brain for for a couple of minutes as I'm asking these questions. First question: If you could do something that would affect every area of your life for the good, would you do it? Again, don't answer out loud. Just think about it. If there's something you could do that would affect literally every area of your life, would you would you do that? If you could do something that would set your future in place, the course of your life for good, would you do that? If there was something that you could do that would just literally set the course of your future, would, would set it up for good, is that something that you, that you would do? <laughs> Next question. How many of you guys are either, are either, have either graduated from college or went to some kind of trade school. How many of you guys would, would fit in that category? Raise your hand. Been to school, some kind of college, some kind of trade school to learn a career. Let me ask you this question. When you, when you were doing that, when you went through, see, I, I hold the record at F, it was FJC back then. It's been about 10 different things since then, but it was Florida Junior College back then. And I, I held the record for taking the longest to get through a two year degree. It was only seven years. I don't know what the problem is. There's something about seven years of my life. I'm not sure what it is. My wife, it took her seven years before she figured out she wanted to marry me. And uh, actually, it took me seven years to ask, but she's not in here, so I can tell the story any way I want. Um, uh, it, it, it took me seven years because I started and dropped, started and dropped, finally got saved and went back to FJC and changed a, what was a 1.7 average into a 3.2 average. Because Jesus was in my life and I had a reason to go at that point in time. And, uh, but anyway, most people go to college. Most people go to school or most people go to a trade school to learn something, right? 
They, to, go, to learn a career. And the purpose of that career or to what they're learning in college, the, typically the purpose you went for a reason. And the reason was to get to better yourself. Would you agree with that? The reason was to get a better job or to get to, to have a better lifestyle typically is what we want. We don't really care about the job. We just want a better lifestyle. And so most people, they spend years basically doing something or training or learning about something in order to affect their future, in order to affect their happiness, in order to affect the way things go in life. And so we spend all these hours, I mean, hours, right? I mean, if you went to a four-year college, you spent literally hours and hours doing that. Or if you went through a four- or five-year apprenticeship program, you spent hours doing that as a trade. And yet the question is this, it, 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 we can spend that much time and that much energy and that much effort and that much money <laughs> to learn something, to train for something that we think is going to make us happier or is going to better us or help us to learn something that will do those things. And yet often the, the, the thing that will really do that, we don't do. The thing that will, that will really impact our lives for the future, sometimes we just kind of bypass it or we don't ever get around to it. And here, one last question. If you had the opportunity, I don't, I don't know who you would think that would be at this point in the 21st century, but think of, think of the wisest person that you could think of that lives on the planet right now. Don't name any names. Just think of who, who's the wisest person. I think of rock when I think of who that is. But when you, <laughs> when, when you think of the wisest person, probably somebody that you've read about, you probably don't know them personally, but if you could go spend some time with that person, if you could maybe even become a disciple of that person, actually spend some, a lot of time with that person, would you probably pay attention to what that person told you? I mean, you'd, you'd probably listen. You'd, you'd probably try to apply that to your life. Well, there's this guy that was one of the wisest people that's ever lived. He's a Bible guy. The king. Guess who I'm talking about? King Solomon. He makes this statement in Proverbs. You can throw that up for me if you would, guys. In Proverbs chapter 4, he makes this statement. This is in the message translation. It says this, Dear friends, Listen well to my words. Turn your ears to my voice. Keep my message in plain view at all times. Concentrate. Learn it by heart. Those who discover these words, look what he says. If you hear, discover, listen. If you discover these words, you will live, really live, body and soul. They're bursting with health. Keep Now here's, here's the words. He set that up. He set up what he's getting ready to say. And here's what he says. If, if you'll pay attention to this. Keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life begins. And then he goes on. He says, don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies, gossip. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshow distractions. Watch your step and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither to the right or to the left. Leave evil in the dust. And we probably at some point ought to come back and look at all those. I'm going to, I'm going to just spend some time tonight looking at where he says, keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. And the New Living Translation, it, it's, it says it this way. My child, pay attention to what I say. 
Here's the wisest person on the planet. (laughs) Pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring what? Life. How many, how many of you would say what most people are looking for is life? That we try and find it all kinds of different ways. Many folks try and find it in, in riches. Many folks try to find it in drugs. Many people try to find it in fame or in power. But basically, bottom line, people are looking for life. Would you agree? I mean, they're looking for, for life. And this is what Solomon says. These words will bring life if you find them and healing to your whole body. This is what he says. Pay attention to these words. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines what? The course of your life. What's going to determine? Listen to me. The wisest person. Now, guess who was actually inspiring the wisest person to say these words? It's not a trick question. Who was inspiring? God. I would say he's probably pretty wise as well. (laughs) Agreed? So God is saying through the wisest man to, to pay attention to this. Guard, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Above all else. Above, above anything else we do. The, the, this guy says, above, above going after this, above, above spending all this time and energy and effort doing it. He doesn't say don't do those things, but he says above those things, a higher priority than anything else in your life. Above all else speaks about priority. And above that, Proverbs, he's saying, guard your heart for it'll bring what? Life. We want life. Guess what we need to do? Guard our heart. Now, a lot of people take this passage and apply it, and I think it can very accurately be applied. A lot of people apply it to relationships that you have, that, especially to single people as they have relationships with, with each other. And, 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 we're, and it, we're taught to, to watch your heart, guard it. In other words, don't give your heart out prematurely to somebody else is what they're saying. I think it can be applied to that. We're going to look at it from a little different perspective tonight, but I I think it can definitely be applied to that. But to me, above all else, I mean, when you think about that, think about all the things that we do in life. Think about the things that consume us, that consume our time, our energy, our money, our, our lives, basically. And, and we get, we get, we get caught up in, in doing those things. And if we're not careful, we literally can spend years just going after these different things that have, that have eaten into our lives and consumed us. And Solomon, through, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says this, guys, if you want life, if you want that thing that you're looking for, if you want what you're really hungry for, if you want it above all else, guard here. Guard what's in here. Guard your heart. Watch over it. Pay attention to it. Look at it. Because if you do that, life comes from that. You see, we're, we're kind of taught just the opposite in, our, in the world. I mean, TV or whatever teaches us that, you know, hard work will determine the course of our life. And again, it's okay to work hard. <laughs> in fact, is the Bible teaches us to work hard. Doesn't scripture somewhere say if you don't work, you don't eat? 
So the scripture teaches us, so we're not saying don't do that, but it's, it's a orders of a priority. The world teaches us, you know, if we can just get this right education, or if we can just meet the right people, or if we can be born into the right family, like you have something to do with that. But, you know, if you can just get the right job, or if you can just make enough of this, then you're going to get life. Then you're going to get that thing that you're looking for. You're going to get fulfillment and satisfaction, and you're going to be happy and excited. And, 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 and it teaches us going after those things instead of guarding our heart and doing the thing that God's called us to do. I want us, I want us to kind of approach this from a, from a little different perspective. First, I want us to answer this question. How, how, can, how can we tell if we've been guarding our heart? How can we tell? I mean, if he tells us to guard it, we might want to ask the question, how am I doing at that? How am I doing? Am I doing okay? Am I I being successful in guarding my heart? Am I I doing okay with that? Well, here's one of the best ways I know to determine what's in your heart. And this is one that I don't really like. You ready? One of the best ways to determine what's in your heart is this. Jesus says this in Matthew 12, 34. The New Living Translation says this. You brood of snakes... Who's he talking to? To the religious crowd, the Pharisees. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? Why? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. The NIV, it says, you brood of vipers. How can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. King James says, you generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, you know a great way to determine what's in our heart? Pay attention to what we're saying. Told you I don't like this one. <laughs> Pay attention to what we're saying. What, what are you, what are you speaking? What are you saying? What are you, what are you, what are you talking about? What, what, here, here's a really good one. What comes out when it's just kind of unexpected? You know what I'm saying? Like when that bozo cuts you off and you're driving down the road. <laughs> what, what comes out? Or, you know, somebody, somebody treats you maybe a little differently than they should treat you. They don't, they don't respect you or they don't, they, maybe they say something that's a, you know, a little cross. What, what's the response back? What, what comes out? What comes out of your mouth? I, now sometimes, listen, I, there's times where I'll go, I can't believe I just said that. Somebody, somebody will say something to me and I'll just respond back and I'll go, God, did that really come out of my mouth? None of y'all relate to that? I knew I was talking to the perfect church here. <laughs> Seriously, though, I mean, do y'all ever think of those things? I mean, all of a sudden you'll, you'll go, God, why, why did I say that? Or in the heat of the moment, all of a sudden you'll feel this thing rise up in you and, and you'll go, why am I so mad? Why am I so angry? You know why? Because there's something going on in your heart. <laughs> and because why? Because what you speak is coming from where? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So that's a good, that's a good 
judge. It's a good reference to see what's in here. How am I doing? Am I doing a good job guarding? If I'm, if I'm doing a good job guarding my heart, then what's in there is going to come out. If, guess what? If Jesus is in me, full in me, guess what's going to come out of me? Jesus. If, if compassion and mercy and love is, is, is in me, then that's how I'm going to respond. That's what's going to come out of me. And so just a, you know, a good way to check how, how am I doing with this is to pay attention to what's actually being said. What's coming, what's coming out? Where, what, what's happening? How do I, why do I respond that way? Another way, here, here's another good one. Is your, is your response equal to what happened? You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? In other words, <laughs> you know, let's just say somebody cuts you off in traffic and you pull your pistol out and shoot them. <laughs> your response was probably a little higher and worse than what that person did to you, right? Now, hopefully that's not a problem any of y'all have. Um, <laughs> but, but here's my point. How many, how many times, and, and, and I, Raising kids will really bring this out in you. Now, I had, I mean, one of my sons is with me, and I had three angels that, you know, they all took after their dad. And, uh, um, <laughs> two, two angels. <laughs> we're wondering who the, who the other one was, right, Rock? No, we're not wondering. <laughs> um, here's the point. What is the point, Bob? Get to the point. <laughs> here's the point. If my child does something and my, you know, let's say they, um, I don't know, let's say they didn't clean up their bedroom and you just come unglued, okay? And you, you know, you say for six years, you're never going to come out of there. You know, are you following what I'm saying? Your response is just not equal to the, the issue, to the, to the, to the thing they did. Okay. And we can do that with our spouses. You know, you could just say something and then all of a sudden your spouse chops your head off. You know, that's probably wasn't an appropriate response. And again, I recognize I'm talking to a crowd that that's never an issue with, but you might want to just pay attention to those things. All right, let's move on. How can we actually guard our hearts? And I'm just going to look at two ways. I think there's probably many more, but tonight we're going to just look at two of them. To me, the first step and the best way I know for me to guard my heart is to just totally go after God. Just to, just to go after Jesus. Be passionate about Him. Just, 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 just go after Him. Stir up. In fact, as Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy, he says this, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Fan that into flame. King James talks to it, says to kindle it, to kindle that fire up. How do you, how do you kindle a fire in real life? When you've got a fire, what do you do to kindle it? You do what? Blow on it. If you're really smart, you just get a hairdryer <laughs> or a fan. <laughs> but you can, why does that? Because the air does what? It fans the flame. It kindles it. Well, guess what? In our lives, if we want to kindle the Holy Spirit in us, what do you think, what do you think we need to do? Let the Holy Spirit blow on it. <laughs> I, listen to me. The best, the best way for me to walk and to guard my heart is if I give my heart to Jesus. Does that make sense? 
I mean, if I'm, if I'm totally just consumed and passionate about Jesus and I'm just going after Him with everything that's in me, I don't, I don't have time to fill my life with stuff that's going to hurt me. <laughs> that makes sense? I mean, if I'm, if I'm just consumed and passionate about Jesus, then the best way to guard my heart is to focus my heart on Him. That's, that cuts out having time for my heart to get focused on other things. So the, be, the best way I know to, to, to do that is to, is to go after Him. And, and, and the way you do that is by kindling that fire. We just talked a minute ago about it. even Ephesians 5.18. It says this, to keep being filled with the Spirit. In other words, kind of our part in this is just to get hungry. Get thirsty to go after him, to pursue him passionately, to say, God, I just got to have you. I want more of you. I need you. I'm hungry for you. I'm desperate for you. And I, God, just, just rain down on me. Pour your spirit on me. Fill me up. Use me. And when we, when we're, when our life is caught up like that, we don't have time for our heart to go other directions because it's consumed with Jesus. And I'm not, again, I'm not just, I'm not just talking about trying to stir up some kind of emotionalism, but you know what? It, it's okay to be passionate about Jesus. That's a good time to say amen, Bob. Amen. <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, it's okay to... It, I don't see anywhere where God just doesn't like emotions. Because I think He's the one that put them in us. So it's okay to get a little emotional about Jesus. To, to, to express that, to have a hunger and a, and, a, and just a bubbling and a joy and a thirst and a, and cry some tears and, and, and just go for it. Go after it. Second way, and I'm moving along because we're going, we're going to wind this up here. I'm going to land the plane in about another hour or so. So the second way that I know to guard your heart is to, is this. And I think this is, it's second, but I think it really ranks right up there with the first one. Is to pay attention what you're thinking about. The best way to guard your heart is to, is to pay attention to what you're focusing on. And that kind of goes back to the first one. If I'm focusing on Jesus, then guess where my heart's going to be? But if I'm focusing on something else, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm paying attention to all this, then that's where my heart goes. So pay attention to what your heart, what you're thinking about. One of my favorite passages in scripture, God's just so used this passage in my own life. It just, I just love this passage. In Philippians 4, verse 4, it says this, Rejoice in the Lord when you feel like it. When? Now here, here's the key, here's the trick question. Guess what that means in the Greek? Always. Now, when is always? It's always. So, so when I'm, when I'm, when things are tough, that's excluded, right? That's not part of always. Or when things don't go just like I thought they were supposed to, that's excluded. I don't have to rejoice then. Or if somebody did something to me, I don't have to, right? No, always. Rejoice in the Lord always. Fact is, if you didn't catch it, I'm going to say it to you again. Rejoice. <laughs> I mean, don't you, read the scripture with some fun sometimes. I mean, can't, don't you think Paul's just like, you know what, guys? I know you're probably a little dense, so I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Now, look what he says. 
do not be anxious about anything. How many of you know that's a lot easier to say than it is to do? (laughs) Do not be anxious about anything. And and literally you could kind of put in right there because it really doesn't do any good. (laughs) Right? I mean, how much good does worry do? Or being anxious. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, every single one, by prayer and petition with, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. Present them to God. And here's what will happen. The peace of God, and I love this, the peace of God that transcends all understanding will do what? Guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, we could just camp there, couldn't we? Let's just stay there the rest of the year. Let's let's get let's let's just get this verse down, and then we'll move on. I mean, can you imagine if if we just if we got that down? Rejoice. Don't be anxious. Pray with thanksgiving and the peace of God that just, it, you know what it means when it transcends all understanding? You just, you can't even, it, you can't even figure it out. I mean, have you ever, have you been, some of you guys are old enough. <laughs> I'm not looking at you, Rock. Have, have you ever been in a situation and you just look at it and you think, I should really be stressed out over this. And you're just in the middle of peace. You, you been there? And you think, you know, in the natural, I ought to be, I ought to be stressed. And you're just like, I don't even understand it. I don't understand how I can walk in this peace. How right in the middle of this, I, I mean, some, in fact, is some people will look at you a little weird. How can you be so peaceful about this in the middle of this situation? How can you just, are you on drugs? Seriously. I mean, people, I've had people actually look at me and ask that kind of questions like, how do you, how can you walk in peace in the middle of that? And how is what we just read? You don't be anxious. You let your request be known to God and you trust Him and the peace of God floods your heart and your mind and your soul and, and you don't even understand it. You can't comprehend it. It just floods you. The peace of God. It'll transcend and guard your heart and mind. Finally, brothers, here's, 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 here's the key. If you're guarding your heart, you pay attention to what you think on. You with me? If you're guarding your heart, pay attention to what you're thinking on, what you're focusing on. Here's what he says. Finally, brothers, do this. And sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Whatever you've learned and received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I'm going to read it to you in the message. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in Him. I love the message. If you don't read the Bible regularly in the message, you're missing it. Revel in Him. 
Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side working with them and not against them. Help them to see that the master is about to arrive and he can show up any minute. <laughs> Don't look at it, look what he says. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. That's good stuff. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by, here he says, here, by filling what are you thinking on? Filling your mind and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to pray, not things to curse. Put into practice what you've learned from me, what you've heard and saw and realized. Do that and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies. That's just good stuff. And see, I, I, to me, I think this is one of the easiest places for us to get caught off guard. When we talk about guarding our hearts, this to me is one of the quickest and easiest way, places to just, to just get caught off guard. All of a sudden you're just, you're just kind of traveling along and something happens and it blows up in front of you. And the next thing you know, you're kind of thinking about it and you're focusing on it. And you, here's, here's what I can do. I can even convince myself I'm really praying about it. And I'm not really praying about it. All I'm doing is what? I'm, I'm, I'm like that cow that, that chooses cut. I'm just, I'm, I'm meditating on it. <laughs> and literally, I mean, I, 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 the Lord told me one time, you're not praying. You're just, you're just meditating on junk. Pray. Bring it to me. Don't just think about that. Don't focus on that. Focus on me. And I think this is one of the easiest places to get off guard because it's, it's like, it's like, it's slippery. You know, it's, it's like this small little thing that, that just kind of comes in out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, before you realize it, you've just spent hours and days and maybe weeks just focusing in on this issue, this problem, this thing that's happened. Maybe it's financial or something that's going on and you're just, you're consumed with that. And all of a sudden, you're, you're out of peace. You're out of whack. You're, you're, you're gone tilt. You're, you're like, what happened? And it just literally, it's like it just slips in on you. That's why we have to pay attention. That's what Paul's saying. Pay attention to these things. Look at these things. I mean, you guys, y'all have heard my story of when, when we, when we went through such financial issues and we had to file bankruptcy and had to go through all that kind of stuff and shut our jobs down and just all kinds of garbage. <laughs> I went to, actually, our pastor at the time, Rick, kept, he must have asked me 20 times, how you doing, how you doing, how you doing, how you doing? And I felt, I thought I was doing good. And I woke up one night in the middle of the night, never experienced this in my life, and I knew what it was. I was having an anxiety attack. And I went through that for about three months. I got where I was fearful to go to sleep at night because I knew I'd wake up with an anxiety attack. And finally, about two months into it, I felt like as clear as I've ever heard the Lord say, I felt like the Lord took that passage and He said, do this. Write down, put it on paper, what's true. 
So I wrote it down. I put about two pages of things that are true. I'm going to live and not die. That's true. I'm probably not going to starve to death. Because I went and saw a doctor at the time. The doctor looked right at me. He's a believer, loves Jesus. He looks at, right at me. He says, let me ask you two questions. Do you think you're going to starve to death? I said, no, I mean, i got family and friends. Somebody will feed me, so I'm probably not going to starve to death. He said, do you see yourself living under an overpass somewhere? <laughs> I said, no, i got family and friends. They'd probably put me in a room somewhere in their house, at least let me live in the garage or something, so I'm probably not going to be. And he just looks at me and says, why are you worrying? <laughs> Why are you anxious? You're not going to starve and you got shelter. That's kind of the main things you need. And so it's like, and I felt like the Lord said, what, what, what's true? Write those down. What's pure? Write those down. What's holy? Write those down. What's righteous? Write those down. And I came down with about five sheets front and back, and I don't usually write that much stuff. So for me, that's a lot. And I wrote them down, and for literally about two weeks, every night when I'd wake up, I'd get that sheet out and I'd read it. And I'd read it out loud. I'd say, this is what's true. I know that looks like it's true, but this is what's true. I know it looks like I'm headed for trouble, but this is what's true. This is what's right. This is what's pure. This is what's holy. This is. Not that. This is. And you know what happened? Peace of God came. All of a sudden, I quit waking up in the middle of the night. I told my good friend who lives in South Florida, you guys have met him, Jamie. I was talking to him on the phone. I said, man, I woke up one night and I felt like I wanted to just run around the neighborhood naked. I'm serious. You know what his response was? Call me. I want to come take a video. <laughs> just a lot of compassion. That's the kind of friends I was hanging out with, you know. No wonder I was wrecked. But seriously, I mean, if you... Listen, let me tell you one thing. You know what that did for me? Before that, I used to think, why do people have anxiety attacks? I, I don't question that anymore. Somebody needs some prayer, I know how to pray for them when they're dealing with anxiety. See, you know what that is? Did God put me through that to teach me that? Absolutely not. But you know what? He turns everything to good to those that love Him. So I, that's, I know how to pray for folks now that go through that. That's something God turned into good. But it's easy to get caught off of guard. So pay attention. Watch, watch your heart. When you, when you catch your heart or your thoughts going a different direction, guess what you need to do? Stop it. <laughs> Literally. Stop it and do this. Quit doing that and do this. Just stop it. Have any of you guys ever seen... The counseling assistant, Bob Newhart. Have y'all ever seen that? Just stop it. Yeah. If you haven't, you need to Google it. Not now. <laughs> Google it and watch it. Just stop it. It's three or four minutes. It's hilarious. That's kind of my counseling technique. Just stop it. <laughs> and that's, that's what he's saying here. Just stop doing it and start focusing on Jesus. And here's, here's the last part of that. Don't just, here's why I said a minute ago, I read it out loud. There's a, there's a part that comes. There's something that happens. When you don't just think it, but you verbalize it. There's something that happens in the spirit realm. Read the Bible. <laughs> That's why it talks about making the declarations. How do, we, how do we get saved? By doing what? Believe in our heart and confessing with our mouth. 
There's something that happens when we speak things. So I literally would speak those things out and and declare them as being true. And so that's what we have to do. Not only just believe it, but speak them, meditate it, declare it, confess it, that you're in Christ. Think on these things. Think on what God's done for you. Think on on who He is in you. Think on what what He's done in your life. Declare those things. That's guarding your heart. Because you know what your heart? Your heart will want to go after that. But you, you, you believe what the Word says. Speak those things. Amen? Amen. Guard your heart. It, it, just, it just kind of amazes me. I, I, that, that passage, above all else. But, you know what that means? Above all else. <laughs> it's a priority above everything else. And I, I think sometimes we spend more time worrying about where we're going to go eat lunch than we do guarding our heart. Above all else. Above everything. Why? Because life comes from it. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church. For more information on teachings and special events, please visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org.